This is Weekly Comics Monthly for the month of June 2016. I am Jim Purcell. And I am Zach Hawkins. And we're coming back again for another week. Uh, no, I'm sorry, another month. Uh, it's about <laughs> two of the best comic anthologies on the planet from the great UK and the island of Japan, 2000 AD, and Weekly Shonen Jump. Right, and what have you been up to this month, Jim? Uh, personally, um, after coming off of last month, I'm still on a anime-watching binge of sorts. Uh, I decided, you know, it's 2016. It's high time to get up on my Gundam. Uh, I, uh, oh, I've been watching anime since the 90s, and I recall when Gundam Wing was on, and for whatever reason, that show never clicked with me when it was on Toonami. I don't know, hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys had, you guys didn't have Cartoon Network or Toonami, but... You guys probably we did, had, but we, did. we did, but I was probably too young to to, to watch it at the yeah. time, so we, it wasn't anything I watched. We still had Toonami up until like the early 2000s, yeah. but it wasn't like anything I watched with regularity. Yeah, I, I watched a, quite a bit of Toonami for Dragon Ball and Reboot, of all things, which was one of my favorite shows of all time, Reboot, which I may talk about again in the future. But uh, Gundam Wing didn't click with me when it was airing on television, so I didn't really get in on the ground floor for the the the, the, the English speaking audience like a lot of people did. I mm-hmm. just kinda it's it's hard to explain. I, I guess I just I didn't click care for the animation and I thought it was a little bit too talking heads most of the time. Um I re- I do recall I watched a bit of eight uh 08 MS team when that aired afterwards and I thought that was a lot better, but I didn't watch I only caught a few episodes of it so I never really got into it. Um in the- yeah, Wing Wing was the big one over here in the UK. Like I did watch the occasional episode when it uh, started restreaming uh, in like what 2008. Did it? Yeah, Toonami went away and then came back in like 2008 for a little block here in the UK, and then it was shown. I don't know if the blocks different depending on whether it's in the UK or. America. You know, I have no idea. That licensing stuff can be wacky, so it's yeah, entirely yeah. possible. Yeah, I do know you guys got things like um, FLCL, but we didn't because uh, different companies owned it here in the UK, so I, they I couldn't feel, show I, it. I feel like FLCL would have aired on Adult Swim, though, so... Okay, I'm probably confusing myself then. But but to be fair, Adult Swim aired a lot of anime and still does. Uh, in fact, Toonami's back on Adult Swim on Saturday nights, I think. But at any rate, I don't watch network TV anymore, um, but... Um, just on the back on the Gundam subject, it's just that I didn't really become a fan of Gundam when everyone else was. I just sort of ignored it, I guess. And then I sort of became a Macross fan uh, when I started when I got out of, in the early 2000s when I got out of high school and was really getting into anime in general, sci-fi anime in particular. I had watched some Robotech as a kid, and then when I discovered that it was actually a hack, hatchet job on an original thing, I really got into like that sort of like mecha uh the macro stuff and oddly enough um what really I, I, at the time i was still interested to get into gundam but at the time gundam was kind of expensive on dvd mm. like 80 dollars 60 dollars for like a season set which was a little bit out of my range so to the sets was just a little bit too much for me to get into gundam at the time yeah and so on and so forth i mean eventually Actually, not even that long ago. It was like five years ago. I picked up uh, the 08 MF team set and I believe uh, War in the Pocket, which is a well-regarded series. And 
to be fair, those were decent series to watch, but uh, I did feel like I was missing some context because both of those series in particular take place in what is known as the Universal Century timeline, um, which I began to learn that Gundam has a couple of different timelines. Basically, it's it's a, it's it's a bit like a comic book universe in that it sometimes like uh, reinvents itself uh, for a new generation. In particular, Gundam Wing was a uh, was an entirely new universe from Universal Century. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking, you know, I like old school anime. I really should watch the original Gundam because it's kind of worth watching. And um, last year, the entire series got released on Blu-ray, which is awesome. But again, the price tag sort of kept me away from it. So I finally settled on the idea of back in back when it originally came out, it got re-released as a series of movies, uh, compilation films. Gundam, oh, yeah. the original Mobile Suit Gundam did, and it got released on DVD um, four or five, six years ago uh, by Bandai before they went out of business distributing DVDs, and I got a decent price on eBay for the Trilogy's box set, so I bought that, and I've been watching through that, and I really kind of regret putting it off for so long, because it's actually really good. And I can see, oh. and I definitely can see how it influenced, like, entire generations of, like, military mecha anime oh yeah it was it was a the seminal series much to my shame i've still never seen the original um i, I gotta admit it's a, it's a, it, it is a bit dated in terms of animation and writing but i think it stands up better than i expected oh that's cool yeah how much of a parallel does it have to the gundam origins manga because i was under the impression that was a retelling of the same story it is or? it is um, it is so you've been reading the manga Yes. I've also read the manga um, via, there's an app that's releasing the chapters one by one. Uh, I'm behind, but I am sort of, I'm up on it. It's actually, the the movie versions are fairly accurate to the origin version, which I think is intentional. I I think the origin follow, it, it, it is... It's a retelling, a more modern retelling at the the uh, the manga. Okay. Um, man, how do I keep this straight in my head? Because when you think about it, there's three different versions of the TV show, the movie trilogy, and now the origin. Which I didn't realize the origin's actually been was actually is actually over. It was already done, but it, it started in like 2000 and ran for like eight years. Yeah, it's been going for. Yeah, it started in like the early 2000s and finished probably in 2012. Yeah, something like that. I I I I had thought it was a more recent thing than that, but mm. but I I thought it was ongoing as well until I got into like the the, the fifth volume or something, yeah. and then something cropped up online, just like it's ending, and I was like, what so soon? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a pretty rad series. I yeah, I I kind of do appreciate the fact that Gundam is like a shared universe. It it. Each series is set in, it's set in a different point in the timeline, so you can string them all together. Well, it's, not not all of them, but it, well, no, there's there's, there's, a, there's a there's a Universal Century, which is made up of Gun, the original Gundam. Um, there's a couple of sequels, Z, Zeta Gundams, Double Zeta Gundam, which are all direct sequels. There's Charge Counterattack, which is a movie follow up conclusion. Then there's a couple of spinoffs like Eight, Eighth MS Team, War in the Pocket, Stardust Memory. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then you have your spinoffs, your your original universe stuff like G Gundam and uh, Gundam Wing and also oh, Wing's a spinoff of the original. Wing is a spinoff. It's almost if I if I remember reading correctly, Wing is 
almost is a retelling of the original Mobile Suit Gundam with mm-hmm. more characters and more diversity and more Gundams because there's like what six of them. Yeah, there were six main characters. Yeah, and they all had a Gundam. Yeah, in, in, in the original, there's only one guy with one Gundam. So, okay. But um, and then there's like uh, the the most latest uh, Iron Blooded Orphans. That one is uh, that's another universe. And yeah, I, I kind of got the feeling from when I saw it, it, it was completely distinct to um all the previous iterations that I'd seen. Well, there's also another one coming out, isn't it, called Thunderbolt or something like Thunderbolt that? Is, Thunderbolt is a Universal Century series. It's a it's a side story spinoff. Okay, so that's how they can have... It takes place during the events of the One Year War, which is what Mobile Suit Gundam covers. Okay. The, the One Year War is when the, 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 the Zeon Federation... Uh, the, Z, the Zeon Empire declares war on the Earth Federation and... That's sort of what that conflict's all about. And the thing about Gundam is, which I'm, you know, been learning, is that Gundam is basically an anti-war series, you know, as a whole. It is generally yeah. telling that war is hell and peace is desirable. Lo- lo- basically, love is better. Make love, not war, is kind of what Gundam is all about. While also yeah. skirting that line of giving you all those cool giant robot action scenes. Yeah, the, the hypocrisy of it all is a bit. You know, is on the nose sometimes, but it mm. it seems to try to like because like the latest Iron Blooded Orphans, that one's all about child soldiers. Okay, and that's that sort of thematically that sort of thing. So well, that's that's kind of that's kind of depressing because it's, it is actually basing itself off what's going on in Palestine and Israel right now. Yeah, in some respects, child soldiers. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. But yeah, I mean, as I I I just feel like put uh, Gundam was a hole in my. Uh, anime J- Japanese um, TV watching that I really need to fill because I... Yeah, the catalog. Yeah, because I, 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 I ticked all the major other boxes like Yamoto and Macross and Votoms and and even 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 Evangelion and stuff like that, but I, I had never really gotten into Gundam at the ground floor, so I'm sort mm. of trying to play catch-up right now. And it's it's a decent experience. Yeah, I think the problem is uh, accessibility, particularly uh, in 2016, is the fact that there's so goddamn much of it. There is a lot of it, and it is is hard to keep a lot of it straight if you're not if you if you're not really researching it, you know, mm. to 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 get in uh, to get into it. it. It's basically one of those things where you kind of got to do your homework before you jump into it, or else you're going to get confused. Yeah, but once you wanna... once you understand it, it's fairly straightforward. Yeah. Well, so all I've ever watched is Wing, and that was the best part ten years ago. So I could really do with rewatching that. Yeah. Um, and, and probably against most of the other Universal stuff as well. It's just there's so so much to watch. I end up procrastinating on one project or another. So. Wing is ironic in that J- Japan didn't like it very much, but it was like the 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 uh, English Watershed series because it's like the first one we ever really got. So every, mm. everyone everyone here loves it. Yeah. I really, I really need to catch up on more stuff like that. Uh, right. What about you? Uh, what have you been up yeah, to? Yeah, well, what about me? I've mainly been reading a lot of comics recently. I've been doing a lot of moving about, so contrary to what I said last time about having lots of time to catch up on my uh, physical media, like my, my Blu-rays and stuff like that, I've instead been reading a lot of comics this time. A lot of stuff that I've been putting off for a while, like um, the last couple of issues of Jack Staff, ah. kind of caught up on all that. Um 
been reading some more Usagi Ojimbo stuff like that. Cool. Um, one book that I've got into fairly recently, though, is a fairly um, obscure title called Copra by one Michel Fife, who I believe you're an acquaintance of. I, I am an acquaintance of. I interviewed him on my other podcast, Savage Fincast, uh, three or four years ago when Copra was first getting off the ground. He, yeah. he, he is a cool guy. Yeah, With he a is. passion. He's- Oh, absolutely. What, what I really love about, I should probably point out about Copra, is it's a spin on Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, basically, all the characters are analogs for one DC or Marvel uh, anti-hero or supervillain at some point or another. Um, you've got your, your dead shots, you've got your Captain Boomerang, you've got uh, you know all variations on characters like that, but it's completely original to a degree. In fact, actually, I mentioned Jack Staff. Jack Staff has a lot of uh, similar XBs. Like yes. Jack is himself a Union a Union Jack step in. You've got Sergeant States, who's a wannabe Captain America. It's similar in that regard. Right. And in the same way that Grist does pretty much everything on his comic bar, the color work, uh, Fife does literally everything. He draws it, he inks it, he colors it, he hand letters it, he borderline puts a staple in every yeah, single I, issue. I often make the joke that he lovingly puts a staple in every issue. Oh, yeah. It's, there's, there's so much handcrafting the, just the, going into individual guy issues. The adores print comics as a medium, and he loves uh, small press. Yeah, which is what surprises me so much about it's taken so long for it to come on uh, Comixology. Yeah, that was a long... Uh, when we interviewed him long ago, he didn't really have any interest in doing so, because he, he, mm. he, uh, he's... As much as I like the guy, he's pretty hardline on his print versus digital stance, and I, I can respect that. Oh yeah, but I disagree. I think I think he's got the, like the first eighteen issues. Yeah, they're coming um, up on Comicsology gradually over time. Basically, basically yeah. he had, he primarily had issues because the way he does his art, he's he's a very expressionist artist. He like he does all these crazy layouts and stuff, and he felt, oh, yeah. he felt that sort of thing wouldn't really work on digital platforms because it's just yeah I, I can understand that like the back of every issue is like a poster cutout that you're supposed to like put together to make a massive poster yeah you could never do that with digital because yeah he, not inc- he included those yeah he included those like um back covers as like a fold out for um the trade paperbacks which is how i've been reading them oh that's cool so that is pretty cool and um actually i think there's a link there between the trade paperbacks coming out and them appearing on Comixology because um, he sends them off to a third-party company to do the trade paperbacks. So obviously yeah. if he's scanning them in, he might as well put them on on a, a digital format, which is fair enough. Is I, I think as they progressively come out, more and more people will be reading it because rather than spending like, what, what was it, $5 an issue, you're now going to be spending like two and a half dollars. So right. it's a lot cheaper. That, that was kind of the thing. Being a small press, one, a one man operation. Um, he was, you know, he sold them via basically what is ma- uh, online mail order. Uh, you would subscribe to him. And then every time an issue came out, you would be charged like five bucks and he'd uh, ship it to your house. Oh yeah. Hmm. It's, it's, it's not like kind of like a crowdfund, crowdfunding thing, really. So there's a subscription service, though. Right. So it's uh, yeah, not dissimilar. 
But I, I, because you can't get it here in the UK, I guess I could do, but it would cost extra yeah. to have each issue sent over. So it would just stack up to like 50-odd pounds for six issues. Yeah, I'm just going to wait for the £15 trade paperback. Probably, Much the, probably, probably the smartest thing to do in terms of cost-wise. Uh, I mean, yeah. early on, like the first, I think, 12 issues, they were so... The print runs were so small, he individually numbered every issue. Mm. So I, I've got a handful of uh, uh, first and second prints that all have like handwritten numbers on them that he wrote yeah. on them, which is cool. Um, he stopped it doing is. that once it actually took off, and that became a huge hassle. So uh, Yeah, I think he's selling like hundreds of copies per issue now, so it's, it's pretty neat that it's taken off the way it has done. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's it's a it's it's a very cool it's a very cool story of an independent creator doing what he wanted to do and being successful at it, and you you got to admire that. Indeed, it, it also shows the passion of a guy who's really into the into the comic book format. His story is obviously revolving around this um, like this this group of horrible individuals, not dissimilar to the Suicide Squad. But he puts them in a completely different situation where it's whereas the Suicide Squad was like much more down to earth, like right. terrorists and uh, you know street muggers and stuff like that. You've got like interdimensional um, doohickeys wanting to <laughs> wanting to destroy the world. In Copra, the, the stakes are much higher in this series than they are than they are were than sorry than they were in Suicide Squad. Right. So does. You know, there's a bit more going on than uh, there was in the inspiration, and I can definitely see why the series took off um, as big as it did in America. Funny thing was, because I'd never heard of it here in the UK, amongst the small press scene, nobody was talking about it until the trade paperbacks came well, out. I, and now I think everybody here loves it. That would come down, I think, to accessibility, because definitely. it was a small press job and it was a mail order thing. It just would make more sense that it would only be available in north america for now or at least widely available only in north america so it makes sense mm. yeah I, i'm really glad to see that the series is taking off because it's it's definitely a phenomenal piece of work and i would follow it for as long as it goes on i mean i when, when i picked up i think it's like issue 25 or something like no it was less than that issue 12 or something like that and it said the final issue and i was like Hang on, I know for a fact there's another six issues after this. How is it ending? Because I, I recall in that first interview we did, he said he only wanted to go like 25 issues. Mm. But he definitely changed his mind at some point. Yeah. I think it's up to like issue 28 now or something like that. So he's doing pretty well with it. Which is rad. I'm actually kind of surprised he's stuck to his guns and just done the small press work and not gone on to do anything for like Marvel or DC. Because... You, you thought they would have been, like, begging for him. Like, he's, he's the cream of the crop of the small press right now, doing something that's really successful. But he doesn't really seem to have moved away from it yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'll end up being, like, the nef- next Jeff Lamar or something. Yeah. Or whether he'll just stick to his guns and do what he wants to do forever. Yeah, just keep doing his own thing. I mean, that's why we had had him on the Savage Fincast, because there's so much similarity between him and Eric Larson, you mean. Once you start oh, doing the thing you love, you might as well just keep doing it for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's fair enough. But even Larson started out doing like Spider-Man and stuff like sure. that. So, and Doom and Doom Patrol actually did a bit of that. He did. So 
No. I, I, I hope Copra carries on as, as long as possible, and I can't wait for the fourth trade paperback to come out uh, next month, I think. So that, that'll be pretty neat. I think that'll probably mean the next six issues will be on uh, Comixology as well, so you should probably get caught up. Dude. Yeah, this is probably a good opportunity to remind myself to get caught up. I'll, I'll start buying an issue a week or something and get caught up over the next couple months. Yeah, really good stuff. So, um, we've got quite a bit of actual news to get through for both uh, 2080 and Weekly Shonen Jump, so we might as well jump right to that. Yeah. Um, uh, start off with the bad news, I think. Oh. Do you want to do this? Yeah, well, let's, uh, yeah. Uh, right, okay. Uh, tell you what, I'll start off with the kind of optimistic news. Hunter Hunter is going on hiatus again. Again, again. We will never get to the Dark Continent. We Ever. Will never... We will never yeah. arrive. It will always, in perpetuity, be one one hiatus away. Yeah. I kind of hope this one doesn't go on for two years like the last one. It's, it's Yeah, that's just embarrassing. See, it's, it's just... It's hard to, like, care about the series now that it started and stopped, like, three times. Yeah, okay. it, it, yeah. It's hard to care because you keep losing the plot with these huge gaps. Like, I'm fairly certain... There's a succession battle going on with this, these royalties, but ever since the last time it ran, I can't remember who's who or who I should care about. Oh, yeah, well, because it doesn't help that there's so many royalties, and, you know, we know pretty much nothing about the majority of them. If, if only they could be culled down to a more reasonable number. Kind of hope that that will happen almost off-panel, and when we come back, you know, that's it. Um, I get the feeling that the most recent issue, uh, I'll just get the issue number up, is the final one for a while, which is a really weird cliffhanger to yeah. have because it's got nothing to do with the main story. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, so I'm, I was actually surprised it was in this week's issue because I thought it had gone on hiatus last week. So yeah. one more to one more will be interesting to read. Yeah, um, chapter what? 360 is the last one for a while. You, you are familiar with Hunter x Hunter, right? Uh, yes. Okay. It's, it's been a long time since I finished the Is series. Is it me, or has the main character of it not shown up in, like, a very long time? Uh, he's, he's he's effectively lost his powers, so he can no longer operate as a hunter, so his efficiency as a main character has been reduced I don't greatly think, for I a while. I don't think he's appeared in this entire run since the return. No, well, he was in the last one like two years ago for one chapter. Yeah, um, but the, Gon has—he's the, he yeah, the one with his head wrapped, right? And like, yeah, Gon has not appeared for a, a long time, at least two he, years. He's he's getting the uh, Chijo uh, treatment. <laughs> the air treatment, but a bit more respectfully than that, I think, because uh, Togashi can actually write, but he's just afflicted with a. Terrible disorder. Um, that means he, he can't keep on top of his own weekly comic. So, so as best I can tell, the main character is this guy at the center of the succession uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kurapika has basically taken up the role as the main character for this arc, which is great because he's always been a lot more interesting to me than yeah, Gon. Yeah, he's doing security for the uh, the youngest of the the royalty. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's why I like his role in this arc because he's kind of like a fish out of water. Uh, he's surrounded by people who don't understand that Nen exists. So I don't even know what like, Nen is. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it, it's the source of the powers. Oh, is that it, what it, all the hunter hunters have? Is that sort yeah. of thing? Yeah, they all they all have it to a certain degree, and it all manifests differently. It's it's probably more in line with 
quirks in Hero Academia. Yeah. In in that there's a ridiculous amount of variation. Um, like making in, parts of your wait. What was the? I forgot. I even the guy with the book in the. Oh yeah, he can he can like steal other people's abilities. The uh, Hisokas is obviously um, like b- the bungee gum and stuff like that. Right, the gum. It, it can be hugely variant, um, hugely variate in you know what it can manifest as. But it's always been one of the more you know kind of vague universe things. It never gets properly explained, mainly because the people in the universe don't understand how it works either. It just does. It just does. No, no point complaining about it. It's kind of like stands in JoJo. Yeah. Stands, stands never really get properly explained. They, you know, we find out how they happen and how people get them. Yeah. I, I, where I, they I, come I thought, from. I thought stands were just like an extension of your willpower. But then, yeah. it, then they introduced giving people stands with arrows. So. Well, no, yeah, that is how you get them. Oh, is it? Yeah, basically. I, guess I, haven't, the, got, I haven't gotten to Diamonds or Forever, so uh, I guess I'm unclear as to what the details of that is. Yeah, well, we'll be getting that soon anyway. So, uh, I'm, well, I'm st- I say I say soon, like three years. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for Stardust Crusaders to start in the uh, the new reprints because the digital version hasn't shown up in months. I keep expecting it to. Yeah, it should probably be out this month. I hope they're not expecting me to buy those uh, the previous editions and ne- no. ne- never create the digital version. No, the, the 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 previous editions are. Um, moot now i believe because they're like single volumes whereas these new ones will be two in ones yeah um so you'll be able to buy the new ones and the new ones are uncensored so thank god for that so Um, so the other bit of jump news is we've got some confirmation that some series are going to be ending in the very near future one 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 we expected uh neskoy is finally hitting its conclusion i assume when it hits whatever the next round number is yeah, that's going to be number... Do Get it up. I should really have it up already. I don't need to keep promising about like this. Um, chapter 250 is the next round number. No, no, 225, 225 is, is when I expect it to end. Hmm, okay. Plus maybe an epilogue or two, or six. Okay. Or a thousand. I, I really hope not. 225 means it'll end next week, so... Yeah. That's... Uh, that, that seems reasonable. Um, um, the other one is Bleach. Less expected. Yes. I mean, we knew um, it was coming to an end, but this feels like it was cancelled rather than... Almost ended. definitely. Almost definitely. That's weird why they would... Yeah. Why, why the powers that be would see that it's in its final act and then cut it short. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more vague than Nisekoi, where it seems very much like ASAP... Bleach has basically said it will end in a 74th volume. Taking into account the number of chapters that are currently uncollected, that means it will end in five weeks' time. Oh. oh, no, four weeks' time now. So a month. Are, 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 are those volumes pretty strict in how many chapters they have? Oh, yeah, they're rigid. There's about ten in each volume. Mm-hmm. So taking into account that there's like now six chapters that will be in the, the final 74 volume, that means there will be four more chapters before it's done. It's weird because you've only just gotten to the, the, the power interaction portion of this fight. I kinda make, it kind of makes me wonder if that means the editors have said, you know, you're taking the piss now, just end it. <laughs> I thought they were going to get to chapter 700. That seemed a lot I mean, more reasonable to me. that seemed logical since mm. they're so close. 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just hope it doesn't get. I mean, um, have a hatchet job of an enemy. Yeah, like a, like a stealth symphony got. Yeah. Remember how rushed that felt? Oh, really bad. At least with Stealth Symphony, though, you can't. It was only the, 16 the, weeks long, so you yeah. didn't have that many plot threads to wrap up. Yeah, that's a shame. I'm probably going to do a bit of a retrospective on Bleach next month when it finally does end. Yeah, that's a good it, idea. We'll focus, it, it, probably focus up on Bleach. Oh, yeah. It does hold a special place in my heart, but it's it, it has been, over the last couple of years, pretty pants. So, yeah. We'll see how it goes in another four weeks, but um, it's finally, finally adios. But to... now I'm wondering what's going to fill those holes because I feel like that's true. There's we we haven't gotten very many new things in English recently to no. fill the gaps, and now the page count's going to be feeling feeling a bit thin. Mm. I suggested on Twitter today, official Viz Media, that they bring um, both Straysen up and some on the Summoner back because they're still going strong and don't look like they're going to get axed. Right. They'd, they'd also be suitable replacements for both uh, Nisakoi and Bleach. Yeah, yeah. because you, you have a Slice of Life series and then you have um, a, a, a spiritual fantasy series right. to take their places. So it kind of makes sense. Um, but who knows? It might happen, might not happen. Or it could just be we have a much reduced magazine. Well, which... presumably Japanese Jump will fill those gaps when they eventually because yeah. they have page counts they got to fill too. So that maybe Bleach is being axed so they can have Daily Demon Diary instead. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, that, we've not I didn't heard think anything about that. That one is still running. It hasn't been canceled yet. Nope. <laughs> I kind of hope it does though because I do not want to see it in the English one. Um. But, that about but no, I actually news. got I got thinking if um if Bleach and Torico both ended, I mean action series wise we're only down we're down to like uh World Trigger My Hero and One Piece, and Black Clover. oh yeah and I guess I guess overall oh, Black Clover Black Clover uh, My My Hero and uh, World Trigger aren't bad replacements for the ones that are going the long timers. True. I just feel like uh, we haven't really gotten the true replacement you know in that caliber. No, for 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 what these series have accomplished, even in their, uh, you know, I mean, these aren't neither neither Bleach nor Toriko will ever be like One Piece level successful, but I feel no. like you need like a second series that's like half that. Yeah, well, Hero and Black Clover are already halfway there. Yeah, I mean, so... I guess that's true. My Hero Academia is gangbusters. That is good stuff, which we'll talk more about later. Indeed. Um. That brings us nicely on to the 2000 AD news, uh, which is a bit more positive. We've got two new series coming back. I'm very curious about Hunted by Renee and, and PJ Holden. Oh, that's a new one, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm mistaken. That's not coming back. It's... I am also interested as to what that is. Um, all we know about it is this one image which has been spread about on the internet, and it's creepy. <laughs> Very creepy. Is it, is this more than what was in the Thrill of the Future box? No, it no no no. It it is what's in the Thrill of the Future box. It's just this creepy mutated looking guy. Yeah. And I I I, I just instinctively looking at him, I want to know what his story is. We all we know P J Holden is an excellent artist, so. And it is indeed. Oh, he actually seems to have come back. It's like he went away for a couple of years, and now we're getting loads of him. Yeah. In the prog. It does feel like that. Uh, I, 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 he was busy with stuff like, um, uh, Gunsuit and, uh, that other one, um, 
Oh, Department of Monsterology. That's it. Yeah, he was he was doing some non two thousand eighty stuff over the last couple of years, which I yeah. think, think is what what drew him away. But now he's come back. Hmm. Well, Department of Monsterology was Rennie as well, so he's obviously got a good uh, working partnership going on there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I know he did some commission work for uh, Image on that. Uh, that oh, is it Mystic? Oh, I'm trying to think of who that's by. I don't know. Oh, it's escaped me. Uh, I know John McCrea was the main artist on that, but uh, Holden did like an ongoing backup strip for it, so that's oh, been I, keeping him busy as well. I'll need to look into that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty cool series from what I've seen, but I've not read it. Um, usually John McCrea is enough to get me reading anything, though. And the other series, which is a returning one this time, is the third installment in The Order. Yay! W and John Burns. I know. <laughs> that is such a great series. It um, is an excellent we re- series. We recently finished talking about the, the second installment in it, the book, the second book. I I have to wonder whether my assumption is true that this is going to be a trilogy rather than an ongoing series. I feel like it could handle be an ongoing, but I... I, all, but I, I, I sorry. I was assuming it was a three-parter, mm. but the way the second book ended made me think that maybe not, because in order to be a three-act, you know, anything, you kind of need that second one to end on, like, a, a cliffhanger of some kind, or a downer, or something yeah. to overcome, where as it really kind of ended as just the end of another adventure. Hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of feeling that... Um... The order is at the same point now. Like basically, gonna... you, you got a you got an Empire Strikes Back it. Yes, indeed. I'm kind of feeling like the order at the minute is in the same position that Dante was when he first started living with the Romanoffs. Right. Like things are only just starting to you know build up. Right. That, so is, that is, is yeah. If it is like going to be a new ongoing series, a regular ongoing series, and that's a big boon because. You know, we, we seriously need more things like that right now. The Frills of the Future seems to indicate that there's two Ritter styles now, though, so... Yes, I'm actually wondering, yeah, because in that image you do see the, the two armored robots. I'm kind of wondering, is that, has someone else become one? Like, is it, um, what's her name, main character? Anna? Yeah, is has, she, has yeah, Anna become, become a one? robot herself in the future? Or is this like a flash forward to, like, whatever the origins of these robot suits actually uh, are? Yeah, maybe there were more of them at some point, or maybe there will be more of them at some point before they come back in time. Because I still think time travel's involved here somehow. <laughs> maybe we need to start reading Rita Styles' voice in Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's been sent back from the future to save Anna Cole from yeah. Skynet. I mean, I reread uh, the first the first run, and I swear there's lots of allusions to like the timelines being messed up time travel uh, something like like the walls between time have gotten thin or stuff like that and i I felt the second book didn't really say anything further about that but there's something screwy going on with time it's an indigo prime tie-in and that would be a twist (laughs) everything links into indigo prime we'll get halfway through book three and the in the timeline will go sour yeah i can i can picture that this is there's a lot of stories to tell in this universe, so I'm really looking forward to it coming back. I am excited to have it back. Um, well, the other big news is, of course, in only uh, how many weeks? Not very many. No, not very many at all. Frog so 2000 just... will finally be upon us. Yep, the big, big 2000. 
I'm just going to actually bring up a list of what's in it. Yes. Uh, I should have already had it up. And I'm kind of curious because the list, as I recall, is all standalone stuff. Callbacks and what have you and celebrations of the celebration. So I'm wondering if the current ongoing is just going to take a break for a week and come back. Or if two th- or is issue two thousand one going to be like a jumping on prog? Could be. That makes sense. It's just obviously now when we've got uh, what two months left. Um, sorry, pardon me. Before the big celebratory issue, it, there's not going to be any new series joining the lineup. I presume it's just going to be like a crap ton of one shots, perhaps like a mini series. Yeah. It, there's not going to be like any twelve parters now. We're, we're done that for now. Um, but what I can confirm is that in 2080 we'll be getting a special one-shot of Judge Dredd by John Wagner and Carlos Esguira. Always good to have Carlos Esguira back in the prog. The death of Judge Dredd. Oh, <laughs> again. Maybe it'll be the birth of Judge Dredd. Maybe it'll, maybe, it'll, maybe, it'll be, maybe it'll be the Judge Dredd story that should have ran in prog number one that we never <laughs> got. Could be. Who knows? Pre-Whitey. <laughs> Cadet Judge Dredd uh, Follow on for that will be Pat Nils and Kevin O'Neill Once again reuniting to do a new Nemesis the Warlock story Didn't they, that, didn't do, the, didn't they do that for Prog 2000? I think they did I think actually the final story in Nemesis the Warlock Started in Prog 2000 Oh okay that's what I'm thinking of That was Kevin O'Neill as well I, I imagine Yes, that was. All right. So that was like the fa- I think it was anyway. I don't know who did the final installment on Nemesis the Warlock. For our audience, the the original Prog 2000 from the 2000 the Janu- uh, December. I guess it would have been December 1999 actually. As, as yeah. Jumping on year end, not the actual Prog 2000 coming up in a couple of months. Yeah, it's funny because if you work out with all those annuals, because they are actually counted as like you know, actual issues as the ongoing series. Yep. The actual Prog 2000 was like three months ago. Yeah. Which is kind of hilarious, actually. Screwy numbers. Screwy numbers. Yeah, and and it's funny that this year they finally just decided, screw it, we're just going to call our our year-end Prog the regular number. The regular number. Yeah, we've had enough of that. Uh, Also in this issue is a new Judge Anderson story by Alan Grant and David Roach. This, you'll like this. More Sinister Dexter by Dan Abner and Mark Sexton. Yay! Yay! Wait, who's Mark Sexton? Guy who did the, the recent Judge Dredd story, Ghosts, with Michael Carroll, and he's currently doing the, the Racky Racers oh, comic okay, for DC. Oh, that guy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he's good. He's a good artist. Uh, we have a Rogue Trooper story called Ghosts of New Earth by Gordon Rennie and Richard Elson. Richard Elson on Rogue Trooper. That is awesome. Well, wait, what, didn't he do Rogue Troopers with Rennie before? I don't remember. There was, there was a whole run of uh, new Rogue Trooper stories that Rennie, that Rennie wrote, and I thought Elson drew them. No, I've, I've not read it if he has done, but um, considering Kingdom is basically the new Rogue Trooper. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome anyway. Um, there's a new series by Peter Milligan and Rufus Dayglow called Counterfeit Girl. I want to know what that's about because it's Milligan and Dayglow. Oh yeah, that should be that should be nuts. Yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. Peter Milligan on his own is awesome, but with Rufus Dayglow, we were just saying a couple of episodes ago that we need more Rufus Dayglow in the prog anyway. So yep. So this is yep. a good opportunity to have him back. 
And then we also have interlude pages by Brian Bolland, Mick McMahon, Dave Gibbons, Robin Smith, and a few more that are unspecified. I want to know what an interlude page is. It's a good question. If it's going to be like a pinup or something else. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a mystery to me. I presume it would be a pinup or like a, a one-page story, maybe. Who knows? It, it, like they could possibly do, like Brian Bolland used to do a bunch of those um, newspaper dread strips. So perhaps he like does a few more of those, and it's like a whole page of them. Okay, I just pulled up the Rogue Trooper, Rogue Trooper trade I was thinking of. I was mixing up uh, Ellison with uh, Colby. Oh, okay. Simon yeah, Colby, yeah, Col- did, Colby did a whole bunch of Rogue Troopers with uh, Gordon Rennie. So, uh, yeah, he, he did the reboot in like 2001. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so Prog 2000 will be available on the 28th of September. So just two months away. Not very far off at all. Awesome. Uh, some Definitely something to look forward to. It's going to be a bumper issue. Yeah, it's going to and be an extra page. It's going to be extra long. That wraps up the news. Right, and with the positive news out of the way, that brings us on to 2000 AD. Jim, you wanted to talk about Grey Area this I, month. I did, because I, I feel like uh, it's just come to an end of its most recent arc, and we may, I don't feel we we're going to see it again for a while, if only because uh, because it came to such a you know conclusion. Uh, it'll probably either come back later this year or early next year. Uh, but I do expect to see it again. Yeah, that was actually kind of surprising that because I could have sworn two months ago when the series came back that um, Farg told us that this was the final series. Really? I guess we I guess we all must have misread that then as the final series ever. Instead, this was the final series of the current story arc. Ah, ah, I, 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 I when it started, I definitely got the sensation maybe this could be the end of the series, but. Now that it's ended, it definitely doesn't feel like it's over. Definitely over yet. Um, no, well they've gone back to Earth for a start, so we've got a bit of a, re- a bit of a reboot in the setting, going back to the original status quo. This time, though, we've got resting bitch face and male muscoda going with them. Right. So then, the, and they're going to actually work for uh, uh, what ETC. Yeah. Which. Considering these two characters are probably the two more interesting characters that have been introduced in this series, it's glad that they're coming along. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the one weakness the series has continued to have is that its main cast is kind of weak. They're all that's very, true. they're all very samey. I guess is what it comes down to. Yeah, I can believe that. I think the only one who actually has any kind of personality is um, Birdie, because wasn't the series told from her perspective yeah, when it she, started? Yeah, she, she, she was the new recruit when it started, and she's just she's always been the point-of-view character. Mm. But even that, I don't think has been the case for this entire arc. No, it hasn't at all. It, it actually seems to have shifted over to um, almost like an ensemble cast, but I think it had trouble juggling them because it didn't have that pre-established, you know development for each character right i mean there's there's a few etc officers in this in, in this kind of off-world story arc where we, we didn't i didn't even know who their names were until the story started yeah it's, it's like it, there was the pilot and then there was another guy who i believe got killed off yep and that was like that was it we didn't i don't think we even learned their names so it was once again the series does have a bit of trouble with like establishing the ensemble cast yeah 
Kaiman is the translator, so he's kind of got a role that keeps him, you know, fresh because he usually is the one at the center of all the negotiations. Yeah, that is true. I do like Kaim. Um, well, what I kind of liked about this story out though was we got to see it from a different perspective. Obviously, all the previous ones have had um, the humans as the ETC officers, and now that's kind of been turned on its head. It's going to have to obviously go back to the original status quo. I'm wondering now if the twist that when they get back to Earth, it has been taken over by oh those those races that they pissed off in like the early storylines because they killed their ambassador. Right, and I think that got a nod here at the uh, second to last chapter because I feel like that race was one of the members of this Galactic Council that showed up. Okay. Because if I remember correctly, he says, uh, I spy a Rukuk amongst them. No surprise. Oh, yes. Advanced race, friends in high places. Uh, Earth types have a little history with the Rukuk. Yeah. Yeah, we, we killed one of you once. Yeah. that's. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that this didn't get brought up in more detail. But you're, you're right, that is probably a nod. Um I am glad that the the God Star was addressed. Like they just rather than having it just float off into space to be a future threat, it right. was just you know blown up. We're never going to see it again. Yes, unless we see another one, but who knows? Yeah, this um this Galactic Council, this uh, congruence. Yes. Yeah, congruence. They're kind of an interesting wrinkle in the whole thing because gray area is kind of like, I guess, uh, universe is a little bit un- underdeveloped. Uh, it, it, you know, there's aliens and there's space travel, but you don't really get a sense of, um, I don't know. Of a wilderness? Yeah, uh, yeah, and then they got this, uh, this, these Vorlons, um, or whatever they're called. Yeah, you never watched Babylon 5? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, sorry. What, what kind of a nerd am I? But go on. But, um, it's just kind of... Interesting to have like this, these race, these advanced races, kind of like overseeing things, like, but also kind of being like kind of normal. I guess it's just the way they talk with the uh, with with our main characters. It just I get oh yeah I kind of get the feeling that they're kind of like as inept as we are. They just happen to have all the power. Yeah, they're kind of naive. It's actually kind of funny because they feel like they have the same kind of. Um, naivety and arrogance as the Harmonious Free did, but they're just the Harmonious Free times ten. Right, exactly. They have a lot more power and influence, whereas the Harmonious Free were incredibly insular to the point that they wouldn't even confront the God Star until it was already on them. Yeah, they 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 basically ignored all the aliens on their front doors like coincidence. Yeah, and the congruence is basically the same thing. Like it turns up on turns up on Free World, and it's just kind of like, hang on. You're not all the same species. That's weird. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of arrogant in the same way. I'm, so I'm looking forward to seeing where the series goes now that it's kind of, you know, had a, a reshot at life. I'm kind of concerned, though, whether it'll be able to live up to the, the conclusion of this storyline, which was, you know, a big action scene yeah. followed by some pretty effective, like, world building just to kind of round it off. And a, and, a, and a nice little kind of stinger at the end. Obviously, Bitchface and Musk go into Earth. That, I think it'll be interesting to see if the next series is told mostly from their perspective, because they're now strangers on Earth. That, that that would make the most sense, to use them as the point of view characters. Because yeah. my gut feeling is they're going to get back to Earth, and like you said, there's going to be some status quo change that has kind of messed things up. 
Yeah, maybe ETC has been disbanded. Maybe they maybe time maybe time is warped and they've actually been away like way longer than they think. Yeah, maybe they went away and the God Star ate the Earth after all. Yeah, and there's nothing left. But no, grey area has been great this time around. I think the artwork. I really do think um, oh, Harrison has really sunk into his role as the main artist. It's definitely his thing. Yeah, I hope this isn't like his stepping off point for the series. I kind of hope he sticks with it. Mm. It'd actually be kind of interesting to see Richardson or Carter come back to it because they're they're stunned. Even though Carl Richardson is listed as the original creator, I think Harrison has kind of made it his own. Definitely. Yeah, he's he's become his thing now. There was another series I was going to compare it to that did the same thing. What series started with a Damnation Station? Damnation Station. Yeah, that started out with like, um, oh, who was it? Simon Simon Davis. Davis. And then um, I believe Harrison concluded it. Harrison concluded it. Yeah, he did. So that once again, that made it his thing. It's just a, just a pity it was the last series. So, yeah. but yeah, Grey Area is his second chance to do something similar there, and I, I really hope he pulls it off well in the next one. Me too. If he Me does too. the next one. Me too. Uh, so um, I think we're going to jump straight ahead to uh, Weekly Show and Jump because we got a lot to talk about with uh, this last month of My Hero Academia because oh a hell of a lot yeah oh my god. So much good stuff going on here. Did you want to talk about the anime first? Because you've obviously yeah, now I, more or less caught up with the story. I, uh, of course, only came on to My Hero Academia when it started up in Jump, which was was like chapter 30, 35 or something. So I had missed the whole start of the whole series. And so when it was announced that My Hero was getting an anime, I thought to myself, hey, this would be a good opportunity to use the anime to catch myself up to what I missed. And thank God I did or I don't think this stuff with All Might in the, these most recent chapters would have resonated quite as well without those early All Might um, uh, Midoriya scenes. Oh yeah, it's really good. There's it's some like, good callbacks in this most recent chapter, actually, to like chapter one. So. Right. So I'm really glad I got that before I got to this point in the manga. Indeed. The series was, was well. It was was well written, well animated. Um, I mean, it it had a few parts like the, the the final episode episode 13 was a little bit weak coming off of what it was doing a few episodes before because it was the end of the se- end of the season and they had to wrap things up uh, coming off all these really great action scenes so you kind of felt like the action kind of just dropped off but i think knowing what i know about where these characters are going and what's happening i think that was necessary no that is true I've only watched the final episode, um, which I, I believe it was the final episode anyway. It was um, when All Might had his confrontation with the artificial human. And there was a terrifically animated fight scene there. Yeah. I mean, having read it all already, but seeing it done in like, the animation style was just fantastic. Yeah, the animation is great. It, it captures the look of the manga perfectly. It's Oh, indeed. Studio, Bo- think- Studio Bones is really good at this. Yeah, and one I, thing hit me about it though was the soundtrack really worked. Yes, sound sounds good. Everyone sounds right. It's good stuff. I highly recommend it to anybody who can watch it streaming on Hulu or Crunchy or Crunchyroll. I'm sure it will be out dubbed on disc sometime this year. It's definitely a high profile release. I'm sure. Definitely. Well, it's like just going on to the recent chapters and what it resonates with the earlier ones. Um, 
there's obviously been well, there's probably staff actually probably a better place for me to start off would be two big developments in the last four weeks. One, all my defeated one for all. Well, quote all unquote. for one. Defeated, yeah. <laughs> he got slammed in Arkham Asylum, where he's undoubtedly going to be able to escape at some point. Yeah, he's only in there because he wants his uh, protege to walk on his own for a while. Yeah. He wants to be there. Yeah, he's he's going to escape at some point. And he, sneak... with Hero Killer uh, uh, hot on his heels. Oh, yeah, he's in the cell next door, so that's that's not a good idea. Why did they do that? Oh, well. We'll see where that goes. Um, All Might has now completely lost his power as a result. And it's fully revealed to to, uh, to the world at large, which I think is a massive development. Oh, definitely. That is probably... Like it was, that's it was even in the most recent chapter that somebody somebody recognized him, just a civilian recognized him in his skeletal form. And he's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I just... I just I I really like All Might's uh, base skeletal form, injured form. I guess I just I like the fact that he can now kind of be himself rather than trying to fake it in front of everybody. True. But at the same time, you know, he, he's is. Uh, I just like how it juxtaposes this idea that everyone sees All Might as like literally almighty. And what he really is is it's it's almost a, sh- a Shazam sort of thing. So now everybody knows Billy Bastion is this hero, but now he's lost his powers, and oh, yeah. it, it creates this really interesting like dynamic, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's like it's subterfuge that they're gonna like do a bait and switch with pulling All Might from teaching the classes because I think that's still, I still think All Might even in his current state would be a valid teacher for the students. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to stick, even though, even though he can't become a hero anymore, he can still teach, teach the the new generation a lot. Well, that's, that's the thing. He can still turn into his muscular form, but he's physically, you can see him shaking and he can only hold it for a couple of seconds. Yeah. So he can't even keep up the ghost anymore. He's, he's like literally out, he's run out. Right. And, And they did this whole metaphor with flames and stuff and. Now it's even more important than ever that nobody knows Midoriya is next generation. Yeah, except for his mum, apparently. Yeah. His mum can know. That was a really good scene, actually, when All Might just gets down on his hands and knees and, like, doesn't beg so much, but is, like, really humble. And Midoriya's mother just has this moment of, like, holy crap. <laughs> that, I thought that was a real... I actually thought these two chapters were a really good development for Midoriya's mum. Yeah. Because... He's kind of. This is kind of something that doesn't get addressed in shonen or superhero comics generally. Is how the family feels about them going out and having the like the, the crap kicked out of them and all that. Right. Like, she reacts in a legitimately human manner to seeing her son be ripped apart multiple times. Right. She just tells All Might to screw off. Yeah. But it all works out in the end because she realizes, you know. It's what Midoriya wants, not what she wants. So, you know, it's a shame. That brings us to the second development, is that everybody's going to live in a dorm now. Do, 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 do. It's going to be friends with superpowers. I mean, that... can't. It's going to be too long to get them into college, so you might as well get them into dorms now to have all their yeah. wacky teenage hijinks. 
I, I want to see how that turns out. Actually, that that could be a really fun turn to like just see some of the side characters interact a little bit more because you've not got that like geographical distance anymore. Just I don't know. See how that works out. Um, I gotta ask you something, and this is this has been really weirding me out. In the show, there's a character who has the power to shoot a laser beam from his belly button. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's really predominant in the show. Like, to the point where, but I have no recollection of ever seeing him in the series since I started reading it. He's only had one important scene since, like, as you say, the series, TV series ends and then where we are in the manga now. Do you remember towards the end of the um, training camp arc when they were just about to escape and then the compressed dude got shot in the face? Right. That was him. Oh, okay. I don't know, it just got to the point where he he kept showing up, and I kept thinking, is this guy going to betray them or die or something? Because I literally have no memory of him showing up at all after this point. That's the theories, because a while back it's been established that there's a mole somewhere in the system. Yeah. Somebody's leaking information to the villains, but we don't know who it is. It doesn't appear to be any of the teachers or the police officers, so it falls onto one of the students, one of the and students. people are saying, it's Naval Laser Dude, It's he's the only one who it can be. Cause, I don't know. Yeah, okay, as long as I'm not crazy. No, no, he's, he's definitely in there. He's just become increasingly less important from okay. his original opinion. Because he was in, like, the exam arc with the robots. Oh, well, he, that, that's definitely where I, you know, got wind of him. And his whole, uh, his uh, narcissistic personality. and Yeah. Yeah, he's... Aoyama's an interesting one because I thought for a long time he was going to be an important character. But he's, he's not. Oh, well. Maybe later. He might actually turn out to be the mole. Who knows? Maybe he's maybe he's a bait and switch. He's been bu- being built up to be the mole only for it to be. Yeah. Anyone else? Ida. No. Yeah, it's probably. Who knows? That'd be pretty cool. Or the, head, or the headphone girl. Headphone girl. She's... Who knows, actually. Yeah. Well, I... I actually really like this final like splash page in the most recent issue where we just have like everyone going on to the like the first day of living in a dorm. Yeah, we I just I, get I, a, a panel for everyone. Yeah, unfortunately, I have not read it yet. So oh damn, I sorry. Can't comment on it, but I, I have the issue, and I'll, I'm sure I'll get to it in a day or two. Yeah, but my favorite my favorite moment of this entire arc, I guess you'd call it, is that final punch of All Might's. United States of Smash, that page. Oh, that was terrific. That's like, from that point on, I was like, okay, this is one of the best superhero comics ever made. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely one of the most visually Move striking. over, One Punch Man. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's probably bolstered by Kohei's art, which is so unique. It is. It's just so distinctive. That one page where... Um, it's not the uh, United States of Smash one, but the one just preceding it. Right, where he has, like, the half arm. Oh, yeah, and the, the complete detail on All for One's face is... That's just amazing. Like, you can make his eye socket out and everything, despite the fact he's not supposed to have them. Right. Oh, it's just, it just looks so good. Kohei must have gone through, like, six pencils just doing that one page. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I never, I never, I never expected another Japanese manga to superhero manga to eclipse One Punch Man because I was so enamored with it early on. But I think my hero has done so. But I think it's done so because it's been consistent. 
One mm. One Punch Man just has not been consistent over the last year or so, so it's sort of lost a lot of its momentum, in my opinion. That is that is a fair enough point. I think One Punch Man reads better in trade paperback format. Right. But Hero Academia is definitely the dominant weekly title. Yeah, I, I could definitely hardly recommend Hero Academia to any like American superhero fans oh, who are perhaps like. I'll recommend to any action hero fan or. Oh, indeed. And, and it's even better. You can even recommend it to people who like high school hijink comedies because it's that too. It is. It, it, yeah. It definitely rides that fine line between, like it it does it does the the, the high school stuff that I generally despise. But it, it does it in such a way that it's it's more believable, I guess, because of the superhero angle. That's actually kind of an interesting point. In a series where everybody's supposed to be, you know, larger than life and unbelievable, why is it the cast are more believable than Nisekoi? I know, right? <laughs> or Or even Food Wars, when you get right down to it. Yeah, I kind of get the feeling with Food Wars, though, is the whole point is hyperbole. Exactly. Well, that's true. Whereas here, Academia, I feel it has trodden the fine line between believable characters and larger-than-life actions. Yeah. Which is, you know, absolutely fantastic. Overjoyed with Hero I mean, Academia. Actually, it's kind of interesting because one of the tropes I really hate in, in anime and manga is the is the high school students that are all special, that all have their special gimmicks and their special things, and something makes them special, and they have to pilot a giant robot or be a psychic of some kind. And I kind of yeah. hate that, but in Hero Academia, with the superhero stuff, it just works. Yeah, because everyone's Cause special. And, 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 and because I think it helps that quirks are, like, all over the planet. 90% of the world have quirks. So these kids aren't special special, but they're just kind of in a profession. And it just yeah. kind of makes more sense. Like, yeah. It puts like responsibility between... on them. Yeah, that's exactly it, because you can have variations of similar ones through like the larger cast. It's like you've got um, various people who've got super strength, but they're all distinctive. Yeah. And it's like, Ida's the only one who's like the Flash. He's the only one who's super fast. Um, you've got some really distinct ones, like you've got Invisible Girl, you've got Alien Queen who's got Acid, you've got all these really unique, distinct powers, and everybody's memorable. So like you've got Ayoyama, who's got like naval laser, yeah, and it's 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 all you know it all works together, it all clicks. Whereas in a typical series like Nisekoi, everybody's more or less the same character. And it, it even it even rides a fine line where everyone kind of has to like Midoriya, but he isn't really at the center of everything. He's, I don't know, yeah, it's not it, it, like Nisekoi, the main character there. You know, all the girls all love him or whatever. They all see for some reason, and it's bullshit. It's garbage. But but Midori, on the other hand, he's he's All Might's protege. But it, you know, in everyone, he's not at the center of it all. Yeah, Ida likes him, and the 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 girl likes him. But at the same time, he, it doesn't feel like that sort of nonsense. It just I don't know. It just it just the writing is just so deft, I guess. Yeah, it feels organic yeah. rather than forced. That's fantastic. I also really like the guy, the, the fact that um, Horikoshi has a um, an attitude to emotions that the other writers don't. Like he, he can have a couple of panels that have more emotional impacts than an entire. In, I mean, take that recent issue with um, issue number. Da, 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 da. Well, it's chapter number. Freaking hell's that? Come on. 
chapter number 96, there's just like a three panel sequence where it, it, it jumps back to the Pussycats. Right. And, oh, yeah. That was a good we, panel. We find out that Ragdoll's like, she can't use her power anymore. And it's like that's, that, that four, three, four panel sequence has more emotional impact in it than the last 100 chapters of Naruto put together. Oh, yeah. That, that panel where she's just grieving over the loss of her powers is just super good. Yeah, it, it all works. And then we have the whole emotional impact, of course, with um, Midoriya's mum later on. Oh, and can I just say, Bakugo's mother is everything I expected her to be. <laughs> it's like, totally dysfunctional family. Oh, yeah. And she looks just like him. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That explains a lot. Yeah. Totally, totally digging here, Academia, right now. Can't wait for another series, which is, like, what, next year? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's, um, I'm, well... I'm I'm not sure if it's gonna like come back in the fall or if it's gonna come back in the spring. Hmm. Um. I don't know. It's a little. Sometimes it's a little weird with uh, how they do these uh, series. I I was actually shocked it was only 13 episodes long. I was actually I thought I, it was longer than that. As I well. was expecting it to be a 25er. Hmm. So I was surprised when we hit the last episode and I went, "Oh, this is the last episode." What? Yeah. The last episode was the one where all the other pro heroes turned up, wasn't it? I, I guess I'm just kind of used to uh, Jump series, just going on going forever. On. <laughs> I was half expecting us to go into a filler arc. Oh, I really hope it wouldn't, because I'd, I'd kind of like to see Kohei write a, 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 like an original story for a movie. Oh, that, that, that would be good. A My Hero Academia movie? Yeah, with, a, with a, like a proper animation budget rather than split per episode. Yeah. That that would be really cool. Um, it probably will happen sooner rather than later. Um, um, moon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, the only worry is you might run into a um, Attack on Titan problem where you basically run out of material. Because after because yes. after this another thirteen episodes, we're basically going to probably be caught up to. Where, where would that get us? That would probably get us through. I, I think 13 episodes would get you through the sports festival and the hero killer. Yeah, I, I guess it would end after hero killer. I guess that there would be room for another 13 episodes to cover the uh, the um, camping outing. and. Um... Yeah. The, the stinger for the second season could be the reveal of the Vanguard squad. Yeah, that could be. That would be pretty awesome. And then it could end with the All Might uh, uh, one for all fight. Yeah, that would that would that would make the most sense having like thirteen like thirteen episodes covering two story arcs. Yeah, that that seems to work. And over three years, there might be enough material for another fourth season after that. Oh yeah, definitely. We'll see. Yeah, we will see, and I will in, endeavor to keep up as much as I can because Here Academia is awesome. That uh, basically wraps up the in-depth conversations for 2018 of Shonen Jump. We will be moving on to... Our lightning quick round. Quickfire round. Okay, then. All right, uh, so, so we're now we're going to get into our uh, lightning quickfire round, where we're going to talk uh, first about our 2018 strips that we just don't have time to talk about in-depth. Sorry about that, Zach. No, it's not. Lawless Law- we're on, I believe. Lawless, um, an exceptional, exceptional series, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, completely um, agree. The, the latest chapter, of course, tying us back into the events of Insurrection in ways I did not expect. 
No. And also inspired me to go back and reread it because it's been a while and I've forgotten some of the character names and whether or not they are super relevant right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. I think it's succeeding in that respect in that it's a spiritual successor to Insurrection. Because whereas Insurrection was obviously a full-on war comic, it was... Yeah, war epic. War epic. It was, it was a space opera plus... Well, it was in trenches, so I guess it is kind of Charlie's War. Um... It was an epic. Lawless is a much more personal strip, um, meaning that it doesn't have the massive ensemble cast insurrection did. Correct. So we're able that, to focus on... That said, implications of this latest strip say perhaps war is on the horizon once again. Mm, yeah. The implication is obviously that the Zinder coming back. That would be an interesting development because how much time has passed? It seems like, what, five, ten years at the most? It does seem slightly unclear. The timeline of Insurrection is wacky as it is. I always yeah. thought it took place in the future of Mega City 1, but then it turned out it didn't. <laughs> yeah, because there was like that story where Amy Nixon said, oh, all your SJS fleets are off in the distant dealing with an Insurrection. And I was kind of like, whoa. Wait a minute. <laughs> hang on, that's not right. Yeah, that was, you know, a big, really? Why did, why did the SJS have such a big... Fl- Never mind. <laughs> be, be, because uh, Space Marines do. Of course, because Insurrection was originally a Warhammer comic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, obviously it's, it's Dan Abnett, so it's, it's excellent, goes without saying. Um, Phil Winslade as the artist, though, is, oh my god. He is slaying it. He is amazing. One of those artists, you just look at his work and go, I give up. I give up. I can never do that. He, he, <laughs> he can do in what looks like a loose sketch what I could never do laboring over. Indeed. <laughs> Completely. He and Henry Flint are like the t- two of the artists in 2008 that every time I look at them, as much as I love looking at them, I hate myself a little bit more. Why am I cursed with these hands? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he does fantastic painted covers as well. He, he did a fairly recent one for Lawless, which was, you know, wow. Yeah, Lawless is excellent. I will give, tell you that for a dollar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I really, it's funny because it's a space western, and by now space westerns are like two a penny. Yeah, I know. Strontium Dog did back in the freaking 70s. Oh, yeah, of course. And that Monday you got Copperhead and... You know what have you? It's it, it's a big subgenre of sci-fi, and yeah. yet somehow you Tra- know, treating space as a frontier is an old trope. Oh, indeed. And it, Star Trek and Doctor Who have been doing it every couple of years for a long gotta time. Gotta go to the Western planet. <laughs> yeah, always gotta. <laughs> Cowboy. But uh, well, it's an aesthetic, and writers like it. Interesting mashup. Um, Lawless, I think, does it seamlessly, though. It doesn't feel necessarily forced, because I, I could be wrong, but I do think a large amount of the insurrectionists were um, uh, oh, individuals from Texas City that were, like, hauled off. Like, not... not, not uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Privateers, Conscripted? No. Yeah, conscripted, almost, like, to go on from Texas City. Um... So, obviously, the Western setting is in keeping with their culture, which Makes I think is that, that kind may, of a that, development. I could see that. I could see that making sense. And and Lawless speaks with a almost like a Texan drawl anyway. Or at least I always imagined she did. Right. I could be wrong. But um, 
no, Lawless is, you know, really good, really, really good stuff. Um, this is like its third outing, I believe. So there should be enough for a trade paperback now. Yeah, because we must, we're getting very close. Well, we're probably over the amount. The first two books probably could have fit into a trade fairly well. Mm. And, and, th- and those ended on a good cliffhanger as well, actually. So, I know, maybe, we'll see. It is very consistent. It's, it's one story a year for usually about five or six parts. Yeah. So we're still only about halfway through. Um, so, yeah, let's see where this goes. I can't wait. I absolutely, it's definitely one of the highlights of both the magazine and 2000 AD right now. Yeah. So, Brink, which we talked in depth about last 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 month. Yeah. It has certainly taken a twist. Did you really mm. expect your titular title character to bite it in the well, story? Well, <laughs> Yes and no. One, I saw it happening in the panel because, well, of course I saw it happening in the panel, but the build-up I was like, kind of like something horrible is going to happen on the next page. Um, but then also there was the, that little like sequence when they were talking to the um, the organic lady a few like months back. Yeah. Like saying it's just like, oh, brink on the brink. It's just like, oh, that's a pun. Ha ha ha. So it's obviously the title isn't referring to the main character but to the fact that everybody's on edge. Right. And it's like everybody's all jacked up on drugs and so on and so forth. And you know, I think that's a clever little wordplay, but the main character, well, he's dead. Brink's dead. But Bridge appears to be having visions of him now. I don't know. It turns out he's Bruce Willis. So, dead all along. It's definitely gotten become a, a, a very interesting strip, I think. I think it's definitely a highlight of the prog right now. Mm. It, it, it's been going for what like 10 installments now yeah 11 so it's probably heading towards a conclusion of sorts so i'm actually kind of surprised that it is going to be an ongoing series because i had the feeling when this started it was going to be like a one uh a one-off yeah so I, i'm absolutely delighted if it is going to keep going or maybe it will keep going to prog 2000 and then it'll end that's Soon, possible I, I maybe, maybe it is extra long i i could dig it I could take 28 chapters of this. Yeah. Dan Abner and um, Coolbard. So, you know, you've got the... Um, oh, sorry, excuse me. Creative team of um, Wild's End, you know, doing something for 2000 AD. That's awesome. Keep them doing it. And I'd have them, like, just end it at 12 parts and end it on a cliffhanger so I could read more. Because it's absolutely fantastic. Definitely one of the best, like... Because it is it's hardcore sci-fi. Very much so, which is why I think I dig it so much. It, it, it actually feels different than the usual brand of action sci-fi we get in the prog. Mm. So I'll, I'll take any of that I can get. Yeah. It, it, it's a crime noir in space, so, you know, that's cool. And as much as I hate the, the term neo-noir, that's what it is. So Can't yeah, trust definitely. anybody. Yeah. Big thumbs up for Brink. Uh, well, let's get the bad thing out of the way. Slain. Um, what happened? I don't know. It's confusing. They were in a prison cell, and then they were teamed up. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, the continuity is all over the whack. Um, also, I'm completely confused as to why Slane needs to learn to fire three arrows when Sinhaid clearly has what is like a submachine gun with arrows. (laughs) I know, right? Why do you need to... Oh, my God. And what's the importance of the orangutan? It's, it's her mom, right? Uh, and the how? humans are all monkeys. Oh. 
It's about as heavy-handed as a lead spade. Ugh. Oh. Hey, it's beautiful. Berserk called. They want their rapid-fire uh, crossbow back. Crossbow's back. I was just thinking where I'd seen them from before. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. But it, funny it, thing yeah, bringing bring, funny thing bringing up Berserk is the two series have so many parallels, but Berserk is so much a better series than Slender. I, I know, right? Well, I, I keep wanting to make like a, a thread or an article about a, a manga that I recommend to 2080 readers, and Berserk is like at the top. Oh yeah, for, for, for like Slain readers, it's definitely something they would read because the, the four the 2080 forum had that one guy who was totally into anything Slain related, yeah. and I kept saying to him, "Hey, mate, you, you should be reading Berserk," and he was like, "Okay, <laughs> never got around to it." But um, yeah, that Slain continues to be beautifully stunning in artwork. No, right? That, that's my that's the thing I don't like. That's the thing I hate the most about it is that it's like it feels like a waste of Simon Davis. Oh, completely. He should be. He yeah. should. He should be. He should be drawing more sinister Dexter. Sinister Dexter. At all times. Crucis. Yeah, he should be drawing more good stuff. I guess. Basically. I guess it, whatever he wants to do, I guess, is important. As an artist, if 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 this is what he's into, he should definitely you know follow his his feeling, but. Yeah. As, I, as a fan, like... it's just not doing anything for me. Yeah, frustrating. I'd like to see all this, all his Slain stuff released in one book as like an art book. I mean, ironically, no. his art on Slain makes Slain slightly more palpable than when Langley was on it. Yeah. But it's still not enough sometimes. Very much true. And I know you've not read the most recent issue, but... Um, Which is, I hope, the conclusion? It's the conclusion of this run. Yeah, I'm sure there's a third on the way. No, there's a fourth. This is the third, this is remember? The, oh, my God. Four years. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Lightning. Remember. Lightning. Uh, what else we got? Dread. Oh, of course, Judge Dread. Uh, just, just real quick to start with the actual story arc going on in the Prague. The least unexpected heel turn in Judge Dread history. Oh being, yeah. Being uh, 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 Oswin, being the bad guy. I'd say it's actually the second after Dread's not dead. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, Oswin was evil from the beginning. We all knew that. And, um, you know, I've got to bring this up. It, it pains me that I have to bring this up. But um, that scene with Giant being beat on by the Texan judges was horribly timed. I, I, I feel like that was intentional. Still, Re- reading it feels like it's a response to Black Lives Matter and other things going on over here. But yeah, you know, if it's it a, is, it's... if it isn't, yes, it is badly timed. Well, I, I do believe it was deliberate, but at the same time, uh, I, I, I guess I get, if it and was Dallas hadn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's also true with the whole Texan judge thing. Kind of that may have been unintentional because of what yeah. happened in Dallas specifically. My my other feeling is it it kind of all it it is kind of heavy handed to try to paint Texas City as kind of the worst of mm. of of like America like behavior. I think that might be a little bit too like cartoon villain in some yeah. ways. I think we desperately need a sympathetic Texan character. 
Some people on the forums have brought up the fact that Rico could maybe be that character because he was raised in Texas. He was raised as a Texan. But that, yeah. that's never really been a part of his character since no. his return, though. So, No, that is that is very much on point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with Oswin being like an archetypal, you know, stereoty- stereotypical Texan woman. Like, she even says the South will rise again at some point. I know, point. right? Will they still be touting that 100 years later? But they probably will be. But well, hundred years, they like, still wear yeah. cowboy hats. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, some people it's, in the forums really don't like the cowboy hats. Like, really, really don't like them. And I find that yeah, I don't I, get that. I kind of find that funny because I, I, I actually kind of like the cowboy hats. I do because it makes yeah. them distinct. And it's probably the one of the least dumb judge uniform accoutrements that some of the other mega cities have. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Especially when you compare it to some of the really, really bad, like judge, um, global judge designs that came out during the 90s. Like those ones with like the really tall helmets. Oh yeah, and there's like the the the, the Christian ones with like Vatican City. And yeah, those. there's some. Yeah, they, there's some really bad ones. And then honestly, like the Texan one, it's it's not that bad. It's just a Mega City One slash Mega City Two judge with a Texan hat. That's that's the only yeah. difference. And it, it makes them look a bit more rugged. Like they're out in the Badlands a lot more yeah. than Mega City One it, judges are. Yeah. But no. at any rate, it, 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 I feel like this is becoming one of Carol's weaker stories because it feels predictable. Some major twist has got to happen fairly soon to like mm. make this be an epic that you want it to be. Yeah, well, it's still it, assuming it is going to run until nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, we've still got like what ten parts left. There's time for that. There's time for a big heel turn, a big twist, uh, a couple of red herrings. Who knows? It, it, maybe Oswin knows about Dread Scheme all along. Uh, who knows? Could be. I mean, I feel like I feel like uh, while Britsit was important to the whole Dread abduction thing, I don't think Britsit's role in this has made made very clear if they're working mm. with texas city directly or if texas city is just taking advantage of the instability between mega city one and britsit so yeah you know there's still, it makes it sorry go on there's still like a mastermind somewhere that's not been revealed yet i think because i don't think oswin is the mastermind it was pj maybe all along she, he pj maybe he's been an oswin this whole time yeah that, that would save it T- took face change to the next level well, he's a, he is the master of brain swapping, so. True. Ooh, yeah. It, it, it does kind of feel like the Britsit's role is vaguely brushed under the carpet. Like, was it affection? Was it the full, like, Ar- Ar- uh, Ar- Ar- Armitage took care arrests of it. Everyone. <laughs> arrests everyone. Arrests everyone. Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would believe it. But yeah, Dred's, Dread's been pretty good. A few things here and there that I do feel need ironing out. Look, but as I said, it, looks it's great. still got nine parts left, so yeah. it's got a while. And it looks great. Oh, Colin McNeil is awesome, of course. Um, you want you wanted to talk about that one-off in the uh, magazine. Yeah, that's a real weird one. That's by Ian Edgerton and Dave Taylor. It has nothing to do with the ongoing Michael Carroll run. It's just a commentary on the recent, oh God, the words just make me feel sick. British European exit? Union, yeah, European Union referendum. It was a satire of one particularly despicable individual in British politics called Nigel Farage. 
To American listeners who do not know who Nigel Farage is, he is our Donald Trump. He is the leader of the... Um... Uh, UK Independence Party, UKIP. Of uh, UKIP, right. Yeah. But he's now on the outs, right, because of how everything shook out? Yeah, he was he was like the the head man of the Leave campaign or Brexit as it became known as. Um, he's a horrible, racist, homophobic, nasty little piece of shit. And I was delighted to see that there was a whole uh, Judge Dredd story taking the piss out of him with a Mega City One equivalent, uh, Billius Barrage. It's just what's hilarious is um, every single panel this character is in is a photo reference of Nigel Farage. Is it? Yeah, it's every single one is photo reference. Like that, there's that one where Dredd's just like, I understand completely, and he's just he's just smiling there. That's one of his notorious like um, smiles, photos, like, promotional pieces. Yeah, that's ah. his that's his like Hitler salute. That's what everybody associates him with this creepy, horrible smile. And, um, oh my God, I was so glad to see this story. And it even addressed the fact that, um, within the story, Billius Barrage is anti, um, immigration, anti-mutant. Anti-mutant, anti-alien. Anti-alien. He's a xenophobe, but he's married to an alien. This is the same thing that happened with Nigel Farage. He is anti-EU, anti-immigration, but he's married to a German woman. Oh, okay. I was wondering if that was actually based on any reality. I didn't realize. Yes. Now, now, oh, yeah, okay. So he's anti-Europe, so being married to a German would... Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a hypocrisy everybody except him can see. Ah. Uh. I don't want to talk about the, the, the referendum too long because I'm sick to my stomach. I am it. curious how long this this particular story sat what was commissioned because I feel like if the outcome was known, if it was being would it have been? Yeah, yeah. There, there is. I remember a thrill of the future. This for this story that came out like a year ago. So it's been, you know, it's been, it's been a long time coming. I see. Um, but it's kind of unfortunate that, that it's lampooning the Leave campaign when they when they when they quote unquote won quote unquote run. It's is very up for debate. Um, there's a lot of horrible shit going in in the UK. As yeah, a result of it right me, now. we got our own terrible shit going on over here right now. But yours seems a lot more dire overall. I think it's a lot more dire because it was. Unpredicted. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't have happened, and so now it's yeah. now it's all reactionary right now, and it's just yeah. There's no well, the problem is you got well, no plan because nobody expected it to happen. Well, I'd like to apologize to you and anybody who knows me on Facebook for putting up with my rants, but <laughs> it's been a horrible couple of weeks. You, um, you and Paul Grist. Well, yeah, Paul Grist is a lot more funny and eloquent than I am, so he does more than just scream. Um, just, just, yeah, just to get back on the strip real quick, I did find it weird that they name dropped the Zin just because I think they were just name dropping aliens. I don't think it actually ties into anything. Oh, but the entire storyline brings in the Vark story from like way back when. Oh, did it? Am I thinking of the right one? No, you are. I mean, I guess the bomber was like, had like a tenuous tie to some, some event that happened like in the. 500s of the Prague. Yeah, yeah, it was in the Vark storyline. There was a child who, um, when Dread arrived, the child's mother was being eaten by this horrible alien. So obviously, the child who had to watch this horrible act um, <laughs> grew up to be a xenophobe, an alien hater. That that's that that was a reach. 
I thought that was a really... I, I couldn't remember the story, obviously. I mean, I've read it, because I, I believe I read that in the case files at some point, but... Without, I, without I think that it's a funny little callback. Without what? I think it's a funny little callback, rather than a, a reach. It, seem, it did seem like, oh, wow, this is a sequel, but at the same time, come on, really? How has that one person survived Necropolis, the Apocalypse War... Day of Chaos. That's you know. a really good point. <laughs> Always the same people. Mrs. Gunderson's syndrome. They're impervious to death. Uh, I think that's it for 2000 AD magazine. Yeah, that wraps up the magazine. Um, moving on to the Shonen Jump really quickly. Perhaps just a couple of words on each one. Black Clover. Uh, Continues to be entertaining, yep. endearingly so. We're definitely in fight territory, so every every chapter is basically a fun little fight vignette. Mm. Yeah, I really like this guy from the the um, Midnight Sun. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a bright bastard. Despair. <laughs> good villain. Um, incredibly cliche, but he, still he doesn't good know villain. who he's who he's messing with. Obviously. Yeah. Black Bolt. D- despair isn't in their vocabulary, it seems. <laughs> Except for Noelle. Yeah, apparently. except for Noelle, who is... You get the sense she's about to really bust out the big guns at some point here. Yeah. She's, she's, well, def- she, she's definitely powerful when she gets her mind to it. Indeed. One Piece. Cake Island is made of cake. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I was wrong. Mama really is as horrible as I thought she was. Yeah, yeah. She kills her own son because he gets between her and food. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's a she's a big bitch, and she's also literally huge. I didn't realize how big she was. Yeah, she's a giant, which is interesting in keeping with um, the the Lord of One Piece universe. I guess this means she's a half breed or something, but she's she is literally huge. <laughs> but no, that's it's 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 interesting. Is it confusing again? Because a few for you anyway. There's a few characters that have come back recently. A um, little bit, not as bad as uh, some others. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping up with it okay. Okay. That shouldn't be a problem from now on, then. Uh, Toriko. Neo versus the, 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 what is it, the eight, the, the, the eight kings? Yeah, the eight kings. It's going to be a throwdown. I think, yeah. I think Neo's going to eat them all. Yeah. <laughs> I have a horrible feeling Monkey King's going to die. Yeah. Because he's the one who's had the most development. I, I, I don't know. That's, it'd actually probably be amazing if Monkey King did, if the Eight Kings did manage to kill him. There'd be I don't know whether that'd be anticlimactic or not. But yeah, I mean, what's Toriko going to be used for if, if that's the case? Yeah. The series does feel like it's heading towards some kind of conclusion. Right. But I think it'd take another month or so before I can firmly say where we stand with it. Yeah. Because all the pieces are still in place, um, but a lot of them have yet to be used yet, because, well, Zebra, Sunny, and Coco seem to be taken out very easily. Yeah. Off panel. They got chumped a bit. Yeah, that that feels, once again, like a series is being rushed along. Actually, that's a, that's a thing to think about. A lot of series seems to be being cancelled at the minute. I wonder if there's been a change of management at uh, Jump Towers. Maybe. Maybe there's something going on. Yeah. Although, although the there was a oh, there was a rumor recently that One Piece was going monthly, but that got quad that got that got uh, deconfirmed. 
I didn't even hear about that until there was an article about it saying, oh, it's not true. Yeah, that's kind of what happened to me, too. Yeah, I'd never even heard that rumor. Uh, uh, Blue Exorcist, I'm actually enjoying quite a lot right now. I thought this whole arc with the uh, serpent uh, demon or whatever was really good. Mm -hmm. And now it definitely seems to be moving into another act uh, with the Illuminati. I think it's Illuminati. So I'm really looking forward to what's going on. Yeah, I'm, I've started to catch up on Blue Exorcist, like I said I would, like two years ago. I bought the first five trade paperbacks, and I'm progressively getting through them. And in the same way here, Academia kind of revealed itself to you because you were getting through it. I'm starting to really understand more characters' motivations. Yeah. I'm, I think the only character I'm still kind of scratching my head over is um, this one kid who's acting like a spy. Oh, yeah, he's playing both sides. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, dude, what's your deal? I think he's working for um, uh, the the main leader of the good guys, uh, Mephisto. Um, oh yeah, Mephisto. Mephisto. Yeah. I think he's kind of working for him directly as to try to play both sides. Yeah, but I'm, I, I'm I'm also sort of unclear on that. Mm. Yeah, be interesting to see where Blue Exorcist goes now. Now that it enters a new storyline. Yeah. World Trigger. Um, uh, <laughs> Tam- <laughs> Tamakoma 2 gets a new member, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, working on it. Yeah, that's um, that's a thing. We also get a few more like contrived arguments as to why it's going to take so long to build the, t- uh, the the away team. But we also get an explanation as to why we get so many people as like why so many characters get attention and then we never hear from them again because they're all going on the mission right that's how, how? yeah i get why yeah, i get the i get the feeling they're all gonna get jumped they're all gonna get they're, they're all gonna get like curb stomp battled and it's gonna get whittled down really quickly <laughs> in some anyway. in some kind of in some kind of tournament possibly oh god wouldn't that be awful if they went to after creator we, we and go it's... through this tournament arc uh, they, they go and then somehow it turns into another tournament arc trial by combat <laughs> yeah no none of that please none of that just make it a war does that yeah that's a valid point i really hope it doesn't go in that direction because once the uh, the away mission mission starts i really feel that's when world trigger has its chance to like kick up a gear right because then he gets to start going to weird places like other alien worlds and stuff it, like that that could really spice things up it could do a it could do a gray area right fish, fish out of water scenario let, let let's get to that quickly because it's almost taken as goddamn long as hunter hunter <laughs> They're never going to get to the dark... Co- I mean, the neighbors. Yeah. Damn it. Especially with... Uh, the, the well, Another ironic parallel is that the uh, creator on this is also having medical issues. Yeah, that is very unfortunate. It seems a bit more vague on what the World Trigger author's problem is. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't really seem to reveal any details. Tagashi has basically said, look, I've, I've got a spine condition. I've been in operations and stuff like that. It's, it's, yeah, he, I, he can't I, sit up anymore. Oh, yeah. Work. So it's amazing he can draw at all, um, which is just all the more reason why I get so angry when people make jokes about him online. It's just like, grow up. <laughs> Such a childish mentality. Next, uh, uh, our most favorite of strips. Nisekoi. Oh, boy. 
ending. Please, please just put it down. <laughs> Not, nothing else to say for me. 50 chapters later. <laughs> what if we have like a monthly title now that's Nisekoi, the next generation? They're all grown up and we have to focus on the kids. Oh, no. <laughs> Awful. Yeah, it's just, I won't miss it. I'll tell you that for a dollar. Wouldn't it be ironic, though, if they, they do what they're doing with Naruto, though, and they give it to a different writer and artist? And it and suddenly became amazing. A much better series. <laughs> I would absolutely, that would actually be hilarious if that's what happens. Uh, Seraph of the End. I fear I've lost some of the plot. Um, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta, I don't know, I can't even tell you what's going on right now. They're there's some po- politicking going on between some vampire outliers and the team. I, I still yeah. want I want to like it, but I feel like it's it's lost its wheels. It has. It's it's a shame, really, because it did start out, and for a long time during the middle, it was you know very endearing, but it just seemed to be just kind of spinning in circles a little bit at the minute. This most recent chapter didn't really seem to advance anything. It, it's just kind of like a follow up to the reactionary. Um, uh, Results of the last chapter with obviously seven heads in jars, quite traumatizing. Oh yes, I'd, I'd like to see us get back to the vampire politics because that's the most interesting aspect of the series by far right now. And I, I get the feeling that'll be back up soon because it's been what six months since the last one. Something like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Food wars. Ah. Uh... This is going to be an interesting arc uh, with, you know, all with with the with um, uh, Polaris House having targets on their back. Mm. Yeah, that, that that actually kind of makes me feel like they've um, the the exam board have shot themselves in the foot uh, because they've grouped together everyone from the Polaris dorm in one group, but split them up into different like teams. It's like they're all going to come together and they're going to make the best thing anyway because they they've got the best minds in the room. Right. Whereas everyone's like brainwashed and, oh, we're all going to do what his army asks us to do because apparently that's the route to success, which is actually a pretty interesting commentary on how the education system does work. I know, right? Yeah. Who knew, who knew that the, the, the series about cooking would have such such broad like themes? Yeah, a- actual commentary on what education is like, which is, you know, I, it, it's... <laughs> been a long time since i was in school like yeah. what, five years i don't know how it's changed but it was you know a, a pretty unpleasant experience yeah. it was all about the exams and yeah it's all about rote memorization which is what this is which is what Central's all about yeah it's the worst thing which is actually kind of funny because when i left college i was like well i'm never going to use this shit ever again and i never did naruto, naruto. um i it's been a while since, because now it's a monthly series, I can't really recall what happened in the last chapter, so... I don't think we actually had one this month. You know, I don't think we've had it yet, I think. No, okay, scratch this one off, we didn't have this one month. <laughs> we didn't have yeah, this month the last yet. thing I recall is Boruto trying to convince yeah, Sasuke, Sasuke to be his last, teacher. That was last month. Yeah, that was last month, and we've had an episode since then, so there's obviously some production issues, yeah. and... This one's late. I can't believe I didn't realize that till now. Apologies. Uh, so moving on to the other one, Bleach. 
which we've already talked about a little bit. But yeah, it's, if if it concludes satisfactory, I'll be shocked if it's gonna. I, I will eat my hat if it has to end in four weeks. I don't know. I really kind of like the 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 powers of what's his name, Quincy guy. Oh, you watch? Yeah, I think I think his ability to alter possible future timelines is an interesting power. Unfortunately, I don't think now we have enough time to actually fully realize the ramifications of it. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to say something negative, though, and I don't want to sound like a stuck record? Tear, tear it down. Uach's power is stolen from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Of course it is. <laughs> it is the exact same oh, power as the villain of Part it's 5 It's the world, has. isn't it? Oh, no, it's um, King Crimson in Part 5. The world can stop time. King Crimson can predict the future and change the future. Okay. So uh, Uach has both of them because he's God. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah, it's there's so many ha- loose plot threads that if it's going to be wrapped up in four chapters, I I I'm actually wondering if it's going to end on a cold, like a cl- a cold ending. You know, we're, we're not actually going to see the conclusion. It just ends. Man. That would be a you huge know, kick in the. Well, yeah, for the 15 years I've been reading it, I will be fuming, <laughs> and you will hear it next month when I. Tear it to shreds. That's why I'm going to go light on it this month because I need to build up my strength. <laughs> and finally, so that, One Punch Man. Just one chapter this month. Just one chapter. Again, it wasn't really a very. I mean, Saitama knocks somebody out. Everyone underestimates him. Yeah, that was kind of funny to be honest. The fact that um, his gonna, opponent gonna... is still there. He's just on the ground, like, why? <laughs> he was going to propose to his girlfriend, but his girlfriend wasn't here, so it's all better. No, that makes it worse. Yeah. That was that was pretty funny. I, I, I don't... I mean, I just... It, it, I still love One Punch Man. I just wish it was more, like, every two weeks, rather than... Like, every two... Yeah. Once, once whenever consistent. the fuck they decide. Yeah. Because if I feel like we can go a whole month without having a One Punch Man at all, and then suddenly there'll be, like, two. Yeah. I, I really don't want to look at uh, Yusuke Murata's web history. It's probably just full of references for BDSM. <laughs> yeah, this this one lady, this this one BDSM monster lady has <laughs> way too many panels for me to feel comfortable. I know she's probably satire, but come on. <laughs> and of course, she has to go against Blizzard, so you can have a female on female. Oh yeah, family. of course. Actually, I forgot about that. That's actually. Hopefully they put enough focus on that fight because I really like to see Blizzard in action. Mm. I like her a lot. I, I like her a lot as well. Apparently, besides the anime, there've been like some original like director-video animations. Yeah, that's sort of a thing in Japan that some volumes of the manga get like like special like special yeah. episodes like in a DVD that comes with it. Yeah. That we'll probably never see, or if we do, they'll be in the extras of like a Blu-ray set down the line. Yeah, I keep looking at Daisuke, hoping it gets uploaded on there, but it, I've given up hope. Really, you're probably right. When One Punch Man does get like a a Blu-ray release over here, it will be a bumper pack. I'd hope. Uh, that'll I'd hope they wouldn't everything. get left. I hope they wouldn't get left behind. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that happens too. Yeah. Just going back, I completely forgot about this one panel where, um, this well, this one splash page, really, where Saitama comes to the conclusion, oh, 
that there's this guy gloating at him. It's like, oh, they always put the weak ones on the low level against the newbies. And it's just kind of like, oh, hang on, I'm a newbie. Does that make you weak? And it just cuts to this page. It's like, I will fucking kill you. Then a couple of pages later, bam, one punch. So yeah, so that was um, that was 2000 AD and Weekly Shonen Jump for the month of June. I think overall things are still pr- looking pretty good. Yeah. Uh, only a couple of a couple of duds, but for the most part, the majority is still all fairly fairly top tier. Yeah. Slain wraps up. Nisa Coil possibly be wrapped up by the next. Uh, we'll finally ha- we won't have we'll have to find something new to slag off. Oh god, what could we slag off? Are you still reading Platinum's End? I am, and I could slag that off. Would you? Uh, have you read? How much have you gotten? How much have you read? Well, I can't read it because it's not still not the, coming out in the UK. Still not coming out in the UK comicsology. It's it, not on it's, the visa. It, it's getting into the Death Note territory. I don't like. It's really shallow ideology. Yeah, basically, it's what it's getting starting to turn into, and it's not the shallow ideology that annoys me about Death Note. It's the fact that it's passed off as being really smart. Yeah, and it isn't. I don't know. That that's a whole different beast we could talk about some other day. We could probably talk about Platinum Zen next time, but it would be a completely one sided one because I'm not gonna see it here in the UK in any format until the trade comes out in September. Yeah. I mean it's okay. I mean it's not horrible and for a dollar once a month it's fine. Oh, is it only, it's not <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. It's not much then. It's monthly and it's a dollar uh, an issue and you get like 80 pages. So it's a good... Okay, uh, that's, that's not even, so bad. And then. it looks good. The art's good. So even if I have some questionable thoughts about you know what the story actually is trying to tell me, it's not the worst thing I've ever read. That's true enough. I mean, I was actually considering picking up the, the, uh, the school judgment trade paperbacks. Because even if I'm, I wasn't the biggest fan of the story and I feel like it really missed the bus at one point... What, what series? Uh, School Judgment. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. I I really like Tagashi's art on it, um, so I would pick it up just for that. I'd I'd do the same with Platinum's End, even if the the script is complete garbage. Yeah. That's the same guy who did the... the, um, the, um... All You Need Is Kill? All You Need Is Kill, right, yeah. See, that's interesting, because that's probably my favourite thing he's done. Yeah. And it's the best version of the story. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's kind of a shame. Kind of a shame that the he keeps getting partnered, or he obviously does it deliberately with this one guy who's not a very good writer. Because from what I heard, Bakuman doesn't end very well, has the same kind of you know difficulties as I, Death Note does. I feel like I kn- Bakuman's like autobiographical, and that's the reason why they always work together. Uh, boy, okay. Boyhood chums. Okay, I can believe that. One could one could draw really well, and the other one could sort of write. <laughs> yes, he could write. Yeah, that's it's such a shame that Death Note's such a popular series, and then you see some genuinely better series that are not selling as well. Yeah, so the, jo- the JoJo uh, trade paperbacks are doing well, but they're not doing anywhere near as good as Death Note does. One Punch Man is doing well, but nowhere near as good as Death Note does. Hero Academia does really well, but not as good as Death Note does. I think it ultimately comes down to timing. I think De- I think Death Note just kind of synergized with the kind of emote 
emo like period we went through in that time of the 2000s? I lived through it, and I'm fairly certain Defno was the cause of it all. Ah, that would explain <laughs> a lot. Yeah. That's... Oh, God. Uh, oh, anyway, that wraps that up. That wraps up the quickfire round. Yep. And our episode, I believe. Um, so that was the contents of 2008 and Weekly Shonen Jump in uh, June of 2016. And I think overall things are looking good. Yeah. Uh, how can they get in touch with us if they have any questions? Oh, yes. If you want to email us uh, with uh, any questions, comments, uh, tell us how great Neoskoy is or <laughs> how badly I pronounce all Japanese words, uh, you can contact us at weeklycomicsmonthly at gmail.com. Uh, we're always looking to get some letters, get some notes. Uh, we might read them on the show, talk about what you talked, what you asked us. You know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And of course, you can always find us um, on iTunes and at our web at our uh, website, which can be found at guttertrash.net slash wcm. Dot, uh, wait, let me double check that. It's not dot com. It's um, why can't I find it? It is uh oh, I had it completely wrong. It's wcm.guttertrash.net. Cracking. And over the last month, I recently created a Twitter page for Weekly Comics Monthly, which means that we are now in the 21st century. Hey! You can find that at WCM underscore podcast. Best I could do, considering most things with podcast and WCM had already been taken. Really? Yeah, that was really difficult. (laughs) Um... And yeah, or you could just search Weekly Comics Monthly in the search bar. It's the first thing you'll find. Um, And I will also this week be creating a Facebook page, which I will link on the website, or maybe I'll ask Jim to link on the website because I don't have access to the the gutter trash. You obviously upload all the episodes, even if I've taken up the mantle of editing them. So if you want to like put any links on the website, I can give you the address for the, the Twitter page and the Facebook page, and you can uh, interlink that, maybe? Yeah, we could do something like that. Yeah, we could do that. Um, so in future, you'll be able to just search it on the page. Um, so, yeah, that basically wraps all that up. Um, next, and The next month looks interesting, with a number of things concluding... Prog 2000 getting increasingly closer. Um, exciting times. Very exciting indeed. I really do wonder how Brink will, you know, sustain itself from now until 1999. That's the big question for me this month. How well will Brink do? Yeah, I really hope that series concludes uh, in a satisfying way to make it an instant classic. Indeed. Well, that about wraps everything up from my end. Yep. Uh, good to have you back, Zach. Um, good talking with you, as always. And good talking to you as well, Jim. And, and we will see you next month. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys.